On this week's episode of the Superhero Show Show, we'll find out if Black Lightning is doing okay, if WandaVision can handle the craziness of the late 90s slash early 2000s, and if X-Men the Animated Series will sweep the X-Men the Animated Series Season 1 awards. All of that and more on an all-new Superhero Show Show. What's up, nerds? Welcome to the Superhero Show Show, the only show on the internet where we review every live-action television show based on a comic book or a comic book property. And of course, everybody knows what that means. There's no need to ask. Like, do a Google. It's obvious what that means. And um, if you have any questions, though, that is what I am here for because I am the host. My name is Cassie, and uh, I'm just here to lead us through this and answer your questions. I'll leave some pause right now for you to send your question. Yes, of course, we do have some other hosts here. That is Mike and Ryan, of course. Let me introduce Mike first. How's it going? I'm doing well. I got to tell you, Cassie, uh, you know, I always support your authority here. I find it very rude that one of the audience, in the in the very generous dead time you give for them to ask you questions, a question said, is there anybody else here that we could listen to? That feels rude. <laughs> listen, it's rude, but like, as I am a generous host, so like, I understand like I, they will be hearing a lot of my voice, but maybe doesn't everybody? Everybody doesn't want to, so like, yeah. we're just gonna go right for it, and that's why I brought in your dulcet tones right now to like ease everyone. Thank you. And I, I like how some people try to be humble. I like how proud you are of being a generous host to the mm-hmm. point that your, your pop filter business cards say, "Cassie, Cassie." Generous host, selfish lover. Yeah. And, you and that's know, what you're known for. <laughs> it's been my title my whole life. Like, stay true to who I am. That's what they wrote in my yearbook, and I plan to stay true. <laughs> uh, we also got Ryan here. Ryan, how's it going? I am on Twitter right now. Uh, I looked up the hashtag Ask Cassie, and mm-hmm. uh, Elvis Wayne says, Is the earth flat or round? Hashtag Ask Cassie. Mm-hmm. Uh, have you been hit on by both genders? Hashtag Ask Cassie. Uh, why is MI being followed by too many Arabs? Hashtag ask Cassie. Whoa. <laughs> Whoa, simply will not ask, answer that one. But the and then, Arab- of course, why is Cassie not answering these questions? Hashtag ask Cassie. <laughs> I'm sorry. Like, I just got, like, I just had my assistant look up this hashtag, so I apologize for not asking the, or answering these sooner. The Earth is, of course, a flat surface. We all know this. And um, hit on by both genders, hit on by all genders, honestly. And that last one will not answer. <laughs> and there, there's all your questions. Do you guys have any more questions for me? No, uh, you have given us access, early access to AskCassie.com, the Ask Jeeves of our generation. So mm-hmm. w- from pretty soon, instead of saying, do a Google, as you said before, it's going to be do an Ask Cassie. Yeah. <laughs> and it's the same results, but there's a lot of like, uh, here's how you cook that chicken parm, my dude. Hey, like it's just a lot of cat cassie isms <laughs> on top of the answers yeah it's just gonna be reassuring with a my dude at the end like you it's gonna start with don't worry everybody's googled this you're not a fool for it or you've asked cassie this and uh it's all and good my dude 
occasionally the answer will be very wrong. Like it'll just very confidently say, "Of course, Earth is flat," (laughs) (laughs) or "Of course, Wolverine is a good babysitter." (laughs) These are all true. These like it's objective, but I think I'm correct. So that's all that matters here. Um, I'm nervous that people are going to accidentally because it's the the uh, URLs are so close. Instead of ask Cassie, ask Cassie dot com, they're going to go to askcasket.com, dot com, which <laughs> holds your finest line of uh, stuff for just a specifically your ass's funeral. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know, Mike. Have you ever had a morning where it, your butt died? Oh yeah, most mornings my butt dies, and then I it guess, rises again like the phoenix. I guess a toilet. By that, I mean, it burns. <laughs> okay, things are supposed to go out into the <laughs> toilet, Mike. Not fiery stuff go in. <laughs> You know what, actually, while you guys are talking about your burning buttholes, um, I'm getting another question from the audience that I'm hearing, and they want to know what we're talking about today. And you know what, audience? For our main segment, we'll be talking about Black Lightning, which we are going to go to right now. Somebody's buttholes are burning. On the season four premiere of Black Lightning, we catch up with Greendale a year after Henderson's death. After this event... Jefferson has put down the super suit and picked up a bottle, leaving both the town and his family feeling abandoned by Black Lightning. We are seeing a darker Jefferson who is using his powers out of anger and vengeance instead of justice. The rest of the family is trying to pick up the pieces as Mama Lynn continues to experiment with her gravedigger formula, and daughters Anissa and Jennifer are suiting up and trying to keep green light off the streets. Taste buds, I ask you. Green light! Green Green light! light. Do you miss our wholesome family-oriented superhero, or are you enjoying this darker side of him? I I I like I want pointing. It's you said Greendale, which is where Sabrina took place. They live Greenland. in Freeland and do the drug green light. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> On so black many lightning. Similar things. On black lightning. I apologize. Uh, Should I take that from the top? Then that whole thing. Nah. All right. So <laughs> I I like it. Uh, Jefferson has dealt with a lot of bullshit uh, from the streets of Freeland, from the bureaucracy of Freeland, and from his family. So. I would have gotten to where he is right now way sooner. So I like seeing his new, like, Black Lightning's dead. It doesn't mean he's going to stop using his powers. He's just now flying a suit and pissed off about it. Yeah. Uh, I, I think that makes it, like, even more intriguing, too, is that we know that this is the last season. And yeah. for some reason, I think that if it was renewed for three more seasons, this would feel like, ah, oh, okay, now, now we're going to do this crisis, and then we're mm-hmm. just going to get over it, and we're going to move on. But knowing that we're staring down the barrel of the end and this is how the end begins is a much more fascinating way to do it than I thought it would be. Not that I think like Black Lightning has been a bad show, but this is a good hook. And and for like his wife to be like, you're abandoning the family. And he w- went like, you left us years ago. What the fuck are you talking <laughs> like? I, to really sit with like the entire history of the show and these characters, uh, it feels lived in in a, in a way a lot of these shows don't. Yeah, and that—that's what was always drawn us to the show is that how the family dynamics work, and this is a husband and wife who love each other but have such a long, fucked up, twisted history that they're going to start using it against each other sometimes. Yeah, which is like I didn't expect it out of the show because, like, normally, like I thought it was going to be all just brushed over super quickly, but they are like actually going to like they are going to deal with some issues. I'm glad I didn't know it was its last season, so I'm glad to know that like. Because they kept mentioning how, like, oh, we've seen this before. Like, you'll br- you'll go back to your powers. But if it's the last season, like, maybe he doesn't. So that does make it interesting. Because I was getting bummed out thinking of, like, we know we all know how this is going to end. Shit gets even crazier than that. If we could jump to the end of the episode real quick. Because China McLean, I believe her name is, um, quit the show before she knew it was the final season. I did some uh, research on this actress today. Uh, first of all, she's one of the descendants. Do you guys know what that is? 
TV show, uh, but I don't know. show. I thought you were going to talk about her family history. You mean the Disney show <laughs> about the vi- villains? Yeah. Kids. you know who her parents are? No. Or her mom, at least, is Ursula. I do not know who the father would be, but he, he probably had to get super drunk. Um, <laughs> but she quit the show before she knew it was the last season, and she's in very few episodes. I don't have a number, but very few episodes this season. She's the one whose powers go out while she's in the air. Oh, shit. Is she only in one episode? Are they oh, going to man. have Jefferson in the state that he's in right now and then have a dead daughter to deal with? Oh, God. That'd be gnarly. Because, yeah, they, they throughout the episode, they don't like how much Jennifer and Anissa are just superheroing mm-hmm. around. And they're like, you're going to take risks. She wasn't superheroing. Her risk was enjoying her ability to fly. Mm-hmm. And then it just went, nope. <laughs> and they've already like the wife kind of already blamed him for her getting like shot in the first place or being like where her powers were down for a little bit when she was like if you were there this wouldn't have happened so if she does end up dying now while she's out again like that's gonna right. be another tear that's that, what what's what's bullshit about that is like let's think of that this is everybody's in this family's side hustle and mm-hmm. like if my website goes down, that's not my dad's fault. My mom can't <laughs> yell that at my dad. <laughs> like they can't. They're but they would they though. Have separate side hustles. Like that is sort of how families work. Is that you do yell at each other when it's inappropriate? You know. Yeah, mm-hmm. families suck, man. And that's what I love about this family. Like we have The Incredibles one and two. If we want to go watch a family work together and be nice to each other, this family is like we all have powers, and also it's that thing that. Mike was saying at the beginning of how the mom said you left the family and there were everyone's response to everyone in this family is what fuck you wait what the fuck are you talking about you did you it first <laughs> all four of them have left the family at different times <laughs> <laughs> that's the family trait really uh what is also surprising is like are they in so it seems like they're in couples therapy but does anybody know like is this a therapist who knows about like their powers and stuff or are they hiding that aspect and just like trying yeah, to deal but, with normal by how they talk i think they're just pretending they have normal couple uh issues, issues. and just i mean <laughs> one of the couple one of the issues that came up is uh they're not intimate at all physically or otherwise until jefferson gets drunk and just tries to climb on top of her that was gross sounding and real and it was uncomfortable which is like oh yeah that's just what black lightning's really good at is like they have real issues than the flasher arrow ever had that's the thing yeah. is that they're uh, they i feel like that they're all tired they're all just tired yeah. of life and of each other. And I think that they're all sick of being the good guy and getting no credit, you know? Mm-hmm. And so this is sort of what happens when you're – and you can see it more, most clearly in Jefferson, but really with all of them. For the first se- three seasons, Jefferson was basically Atticus Finch. You know, he was basically like this perfect guy, almost to the point of being boring. And you do that and you get no credit for it and you just get fucking tired. And you're like, you know what? There's the bottle of scotch. Everyone go fuck themselves. Yeah, it's it's not just you get tired. His oldest friend died. And the people who were at fault aren't really getting punished. Uh, this is why you know it's a fantasy. The people at fault weren't really getting punished. And the, the, the real criminal of the first couple is coming back and everybody's treating him like a normal businessman to the point that he says, make Freeland great again. <laughs> uh, yeah, that would drive me to the bottle of scotch for sure. Yeah. And I do like that they had like... so. They showed him, like, you know, that he had, like, this darker turn, but they, it suffered from, like, the Wonder Woman 84 thing where, like, his, the moment where it showed him, like, he's crossed the line was him, like, attacking those cops. But, like, again, pretty just, that's a justified reason. Like, at that time, it only cheering for him. 
I want to sit on that moment for a bit because not only is it these two cops are roughing up this kid who is doing nothing. Like, we, we didn't see the lead up. The kid was just walking. The cops start like, so Jefferson had a point there. So this kid has a red hoodie on and he has a violin. Uh, last year, uh, Elijah McClain in Aurora, Colorado, uh, a young man with a red hoodie and violin got killed by cops. Uh. And this is the guy, like, the reality of, like, the issues uh, – the Jeffers, the Pierces have that works. This was too many references and not saying anything. Don't reference mm-hmm. a real tragedy. It it was unnecessary and made me uncomfortable. Well, yeah, I mean, I didn't, I didn't know about the reference. I just thought, why the fuck does he have a violin? Um, unless there, there's some sort of comment about police violence, and that's why he was holding it. <laughs> but I, uh, I just thought it was some random thing to have. Um, but even knowing. Now knowing that it's a reference to something, you know, it's I think it's it's speaking to the fact, even if this might not be like a thesis statement or anything of like, it's hard not to daydream about what if Black Lightning had seen or Spider-Man or whoever had had been there for some of these police stuff. And what would they do? Because it's super complicated. They're all vigilantes are criminals. They're supposed to work with the police. But when the police are the villains, what do you do? And did Jefferson take it too far? And. A crazy moment is not like he lightning them up and that's fine, blew up the car a little. But it was when they were passed out, he went up to their brains and did extra lightning then. Mm-hmm. That feels like a, I guess it's too far. They that's were the out line. of the game at that point. Yeah. Well, was that? Yeah, I thought I thought he was men and blacking them. It yeah, maybe. The what this show says the power of electricity can do is wild. <laughs> so maybe it was saying <laughs> he was erasing that memory of right then. <laughs> And then there was, you know, he rolled up in his Toyota Camry or whatever to this scene and the cameras got him. And that's where Gamby is supposed to be helping out. And can we talk about how Gamby like left the three last license plates like still out there? Like, I don't I don't know. This has to be just for the story. But the fact that he was like, I wiped the cameras, but they got like three of your plates and I didn't do anything about that. Like, enjoy this. Like, what the fuck, And then Gamby? just sprinted away. <laughs> yeah. G- G- Gamby. Has always been the downside of the show for all of us here. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I thought he was dead. I thought this was like his okay. brother Gambo, but then he was Gamby again. So there's obviously things I've missed. But like he's turning down a good security job. And then he watches the news, a normal amount of a human to watch news, just to catch all of us up after the year long without having the show. <laughs> this show just never knows what to do with Gamby. I, anyway. We know. Kill him and leave him dead. Like he. Yeah. His his point uh, before was to be sort of like, is it Q? Yeah, that Q gi- meets Alfred. Yeah, that gives James Bond all of his tools. Um, that's Black Lightning has the suit. Like, we're good. Yeah. Let's move on from Gamby. Let's start yeah. calling Gambit on X-Men the Animated Series Gamby and not have a Gamby <laughs> on <laughs> Black Lightning. I would love that. But we- it's, uh, it's talk- going back to the license plate thing, I, I thought I caught that they said there's one- we found one number and only six cars ended that one. That bullshit. Yeah. Somebody could have been driving through. One number is not. A, that's not a partial plate. You got nothing if you got one number. <laughs> they know it's him, though. Don't you worry. But um, what we do get out of that is the cops come and talk to Jefferson, and the cops know it's Jefferson, right? They just know, probably because he's black, and cops just assume that it's the black guy. But I love watching the cops know that it's him, know that he's lying, mixed with, juxtaposed with Jefferson's fucking cockiness. I'm untouchable. I'm just going to smile and smirk my way through this. This is not this is not your father's Jefferson, you know? Like this is yeah. a whole different show now. Yeah. 
we do have um so we're getting tobias whale so how much did you guys like was he big in the first season do you guys know anything about tobias he's like his nemesis okay and they all thought he was dead Spe- and he was speaking right. of wonder woman 84 it's max lord it's the businessman who's come in to fund a museum or a oh, yeah. research or something and then he's actually the bad guy guys Great. But it's also somebody they everybody knew he was the bad guy. So like he controlled the gangs of Freeland for a while, and then very much like uh, Kingpin Wilson Fisk, he's like, "Nah, I'm good now." And the world goes, "Okay." Again, just a handful of years ago, I would have been like, "That's too much," and now I'm like, "That's too real." Because yeah. <laughs> it is. Be- it's just like throwing money at the community, and everybody's like, "I love this dude." All about him. It, it's yeah. I mean, if you've got cash, it's easy to get people to like you. I I bet what they're doing is some sort of Sinister Six thing where since it's the last season, at some point Tobias and uh was it Great Nana? Beer. Oh yeah. Lala. Lala Tobias and Lala and uh whose line is it anyways, Wayne Brady, are all gonna be <laughs> you know, like that's what you do at the end, right? Is that you bring yeah. them all together and the whole family's gonna have to take them out. And they're like, What 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 could these cones be? <laughs> God, I can't wait for Grave Gravedigger to be back. Love that. I just love that it's Wayne Brady. It brings me so much joy. Uh, but we do have Mom like messing with the Gravedigger like genes or whatever. She's running her own side experiment, so it is very possible that she comes that uh, he's brought back. I love um, how if you have superpowers on this show, the way that you know is just your voice changes. You just go through yeah. like this weird puberty. Right? Oh, I have superpowers now. <laughs> Even if you're a woman, it's I, I love it. Like. It's kind of a turn on. <laughs> uh, we do have. I'm kind of bummed that the one like daughter is leaving because I was enjoying them just like fighting crime together. They kick ass yeah. together. They kick ass together and they both are having fun. It's yeah. nice to have that like world weary superhero who's too old for this shit and people who are like, this is the best while they're flipping vans <laughs> with their powers. It's also <laughs> nice that the one daughter, so one of them is Thunder and then the other one yeah. is, even though I'm black. I'm just going to call myself Lightning. I don't think that I should be... We, I don't think we have to be Black Thunder and Black Lightning. Let's just be Thunder and Lightning. It's perfect. Uh, but yeah, I can't believe that we, it did end with her falling through the sky. And now I'm like, at first, I did, when I didn't know she was leaving, I was like, oh, this will be resolved somehow. But man, now I'm actually like, I got to see what happens because she might die. I hope that it's kind of a... We get a clip of it every episode. And it's just five seconds of her falling. She's just falling the entire season and then just lands in the finale. <laughs> Everything else is going normal time, but she's living Jack Bauer yeah. 24. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I love that. All right, you guys. Um, that is about all the time we have to talk about Black Lightning, though. It is on CW if you want to watch it. Now we got to go to our pull list. <laughs> we are back in here for our pull list where we talk about all the other shows we watched this week. First show starting it off is Riverdale. The time jump has happened. Uh, Riverdale has skipped ahead seven years to the future, all the way to good old 2021. Mike, we should try and make sense of that shit in a minute. A lot has changed in our favorite city, but we'll probably get to that next week. This week was spent spending time with the Fab Four, plus Tony and Cheryl, and almost not at all Kevin, and seeing how they got to where they are now. Taste Buds, I ask you where you want to start. Veronica's jewelry side hustle, Betty's Clarice Starling, Jughead's fucking of a blackmailing groupie, Cheryl's art forging career, or Archibald's football war. Let's let's start with Archibald's football war because we made <laughs> last last week we made fun of the show because in the coming up on the time jump, uh, we're like, did he 
go to World War One. <laughs> I guess it makes it better that it is his like PTSD flashback was smashing together football and war, and that's why he looked like he had a a hundred year old army uniform on. Or it's just like the writers don't know how to write teenagers, so they write them all as thirty five year old, and they don't know how to write current wars, so they write everything as World War One. Uh, Cassie, it, the show starts off in the Bulldogs locker room, halftime of a football game. Archie's giving a speech, but then there's an uh, army soldier next to him. And then Army or Archie, we can just call him Army now. Archie <laughs> proceeds to run down a football field that is covered in landmines and bad guy soldiers and also football players. And I don't think he scored a touchdown. And Not even a touchdown. Despite all this being a dream, it's still stupid for a dream. Do you know how stupid you have to be? To even with dream, you would logic. wake up and go, "What a dumb dream!" I'm Especially a fucking idiot. They they needed to make us care about his dumb dream, so all his soldier football buddies are all the kids from Riverdale, who he has not seen in seven years, probably mm-hmm. wouldn't show up, and it, it's all dumb. Oh man, <laughs> I gotta say, is the best job in stunt work though, soldier who's running and then a landmine goes off, and you just get to yeah. fly in the air for like thirty You're seconds. Fly, your limbs will go fully akimbo. <laughs> You get to do a Wilhelm scream if you can if you're capable of that. All right, and, that's and enough. Let's go to somebody else. <laughs> you don't want to talk about how he's like in the VA and he's mad that he's getting transitioned to RT ROTC and that's why he heads back to Riverdale. Yeah, and he's also he's also hanging out with his legless buddy and uh, Archie looks at him and of course Archie says I wish I wish it was me on that bed. And the soldier, the legless soldier, is like, "Yes, yeah, so do I." Yeah, that it, was the best moment. And it cuts to Archie, and he's about to cry. He's like, "What?" <laughs> and the kid's like, Why? "Just kidding." Man, always make Archie cry. Yeah, and then uh, uncut Ronnie. She is married to just the douchiest. I've never seen somebody look so young and so plastic surgeryed at the same time. His it, name is Chadwick. It's uh, what's uh, Vanna Trump's husband's name? Jared? Jared, yeah. It's just Jared Kushner. Mm-hmm. Just that, like, yeah, n- nothing to the face. It's all, like, shiny almost. Like, he, he was just taken out of the package. Oh, His face off. And this guy says, we've been married a year. We're 25. Why aren't you pregnant? You shouldn't even work at Lacey's. She doesn't work at Lacey's. She is straight up Harold from Uncut Gems and works and is trying to sell wheel and deal diamonds oh hell yeah also he thinks that is too stressful while they're trying to get pregnant well this is we're not gonna we're not gonna like analyze or criticize this episode we're just gonna explain it to cassie because that's way more fun (laughs) yes please it's already so wild uh cassie the reason that she's working at lacy's is because she used to be not just work on wall street but she was known as the she wolf of wall street that's how they made all their millions he still works there but he made her quit after a helicopter accident almost cost both of them their lives what the fuck this show always topping itself. Always they, adding they five They met on the lines. ground. I do hate this, and like I would hope that our generation doesn't go through this. I'm sure it does more than I would like to think. They met at work. She was even better than he. The quickest, as soon as he could, he said, "But you can't do that job anymore. I can." It's all bullshit. Our Veronica would not have married that bullshit. <laughs> That's right. Also, uh, his and hers. I know you're rich, but his and hers helicopters that you fly. At the same time, at each other, that's going to lead yeah. to a helicopter accident. Yeah, guys. never play helicopter chicken. <laughs> when are the riches going to learn this? Can we? Uh, I need to know what's up with Cheryl, though. Oh, Cheryl is uh, like Miss Havishamming. She is in rebuilt Thornhill. Nobody's seen her in town in years, and we find out she's just been painting 
uh, like a weirdo. And then when Tony tries to talk to her again in seven years, they haven't seen each other. And Tony's like, my family's ready for us to be together. Dude, seven years after high school, if a flame says that, call the cops. That is bananas. <laughs> that is bananas scary. And Tony, who has has become one of, if not my very favorite character, as far as like somebody who I would actually hang out with, you know? Yes. Um, the way she does it is she's like, all right, so are we fucking doing this or what? Like, yeah. uh, I haven't seen you in fucking seven years. Are we going to, like, let's just hook up and. I, I'm pregnant. I rule the serpents. You're a weird <laughs> painter. Let's marry. So Cheryl says, I'm sorry, but it's too late. But what she's really doing is protecting Tony from grandma who has gone evil. And how evil is she? She, You ask? She's forcing Cheryl into a life of art forgery. Art forgery. The most common evil thing that evil people do. <laughs> Look, I, I, I'm fine with that. That's like if you, you, your spouse is that's the least way for your spouse to get hurt. If you have a life of crime and it's art forgery, your spouse is fine. Man. God, it, <laughs> it was fun. it was perfect. Like she forges her own painting, a painting of Tony Topaz. And then the grandma looks at it and says, You've, you're, this is a masterpiece. You did it perfectly. Now let's see if you can do the masters. <laughs> and then it cuts that's to Cheryl huge. and it's one tear going down her cheek. <laughs> well, well, we, you know how it's actually very sad when elephants can paint because they get like tased until they do it right. That is how she's been teaching Cheryl to paint. <laughs> Art forgery no, of all the things. Like there was, yeah. there was only one thing left on the Riverdale list that they just had not gotten to yet. Art forgery. Uh, it's the most Cheryl of crimes. <laughs> oh my god. Uh, in case you didn't get that, the show has wanted Betty to be Clarice Starling the entire run of the show. They take clips. Basically, she's in the same sweats running. And then the psychologist Betty is talking to is named Dr. Starling. Like, did you not get what we're doing? We're going to throw character names. The scene that she was jogging in the, uh, like, through in the woods or whatever, they superimposed, they cut out her head and they CGI'd a VHS copy of Silence of the Lambs on her head. (laughs) And that was just running around. Uh, And she is fighting the trash bag killer, TBK, TBK. if you're nasty. Who, uh, because she did not wait for backup, he captured her because she was a trainee who went in alone without backup. He captured her and had her living in a mud pit for two weeks. What the fuck? (laughs) But to me, she knew where he was, and they're like, you knew backup was coming. What? There's a two-week time gap of where was backup? Like, well, she's got to learn the air of her ways. Let's not go in for two weeks, and then we'll save her. They knew of the mud pit, and they're like, oh, she's probably in the mud pit. You know typical hazing keeper in the mud pit even two weeks is fucking riverdale hilarious like <laughs> one day or one year would be awful but two weeks is just two such weeks. a weird i uh, know I, I did i did two weeks in the mud pit about two years ago <laughs> all right guys we are so almost she, out of time Do you no want to talk about we cannot be who, we didn't even get to jughead you gotta get to who, jug his agent is so New York, like, we've been waiting for your next big book. I know you're 25, but the, the industry is done with you. Done he, with you, I says. He screams, I'm walking here, at a nonstop rate. <laughs> <laughs> and then, yeah, Jughead uh, is stalked, we find out, by a groupie. And then uh, he fucks her because she's like, can you sign my book? He finds out later that in an article written about him five years before, she was like, ah, he likes this. And she says, if you don't read my my book... I will tell these bookies who are after you where you are. It's and he's like, oh, I guess I got to read your shitty book then. And she comes but, up with that on the spot, like yeah, she that, didn't expect that. She just thought she was gonna have sex and then get him to read her novel. 
and a also slut. that's the only like the only thing she put on it was reading, not like get it published. Just like you need to but read this. He has to show it to his yeah. agent. But but oh, he's pro- okay. what yeah. he probably would have done if Archibald did not call him was take her name off of it and put his name on. Yeah, because he <laughs> is desperate right now. Mm. But Archie called him, and in the back of his head, he's like, "Tragedy Riverdale, Juggy's gonna get a second book." <laughs> so then they're all back. All right, you guys. Uh, moments of the week, Ryan. What do you got? Um, in when Betty was talking to Doctor Starling, uh, <laughs> Doctor Hannibal Lecter, Silence of the Lambs, Red Dragon. Um, the doctor's like, you know, you're new. You were new to the FBI when you were hunting down the TBK. And Betty's delivery of the line, I busted serial killers when I was in high school. It's such <laughs> a perfect bitchy Betty Cooper. <laughs> I also feel like she said it so many times. Like, that's on her business card. <laughs> All right, Mike, what do you got for your moment of the week? Uh, the agent says, "I want to. They want to see pages." And the way he New York and draws out pages at Jughead. And I want to do a shout out while Jughead is uh, fucking. We find out there's a song playing that sounds like an old song, but it's not. Nick Waterhouse is on the show. A guy I was one year behind in school from kindergarten through high school. Hey. Shout out Nick Waterhouse. You're on Riverdale. That is pretty neat. Really? I was lit- I was knowing Nick Waterhouse when I was in high school. High school. <laughs> oh, also, uh, Tony is actually welcome to the table now. She's like, okay, you're all friends, I'll leave. And they're like, no, you're one of us, which feels like some behind-the-scenes stuff happened, and I'm proud of it. But none of them hug after seeing each other for years. I know. She says, Riverdale is dying, and we might be the only ones who can save it. And nobody laughs in his face. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's because they're the Riverdale gang. But, like, stand up at least. Like yeah. everybody's like they haven't seen each no other for shakes. seven years, and Archie and Tony walk up and they're like, "Tony, Archie, what?" Like <laughs> when 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 I haven't seen Mike or Cassie in like eight minutes, we all scream and jump up and down and like hug, hug. each other. <laughs> <laughs> that's a. Uh, I guess we're not adult enough. We just got to casually greet each other. Seven uh, years from now, that's how we'll do it. Make a plan. Make a pack right now. Uh, if you want to watch Riverdale, it's Wednesdays on the CW. Our next show is Resident Alien. This week on Resident Alien, Harry's human foot is found in the lake, leading the tyrannical sheriff to refuse to let a seasick mayor stop helping drag the lake, because he's a monster and the real villain of the show. Meanwhile, Asta and Darcy's find themselves at a high school party, the worst kind of party, and Asta has a secret daughter? Taste buds, I ask you this. If you had the power to remove one plot line right now, what would it be? Uh, I mean, maybe it's just because you said it last, but Asta and her dad. I think we talked about this last week where it seems like I think that the show's doing a really good job of building up Asta's character with all of the other elements of the show and how she interacts with them. Um, uh-huh. So this this seems a little maudlin. This seems a little bit tacked on, but I wouldn't say it's bad. Yeah, that one, it's like small enough, like because that's just like we're getting more of her to her that I'm fine with that one as of right now. For me, I feel like there's too much going on around uh, the Dr. Harry. Harry's his name, right? Yeah. Uh, for me, like, I would remove the fact that the body is now in his basement because now, like, we didn't get resolution to his ship being found and, like, there's just too many things going on with him pointing to him, like, that can blow up at any time and I feel like they don't need as many as they do. No, fuck you, man. That's the kind of <laughs> pressure cooker I like. There's a thousand ways it might all blow up in his face right now. Another answer to your question, Mike, would be anything that isn't uh, the alien and the little kid in an alleyway screaming <laughs> insults at each other can fucking can get got. I know look, the little kid now has a, a buddy. Oh, that's the answer. The no, that's, he, yeah, that's the answer. The, the, 
the way she was introduced to Lissot, uh, he trips and his tinfoil hat with a point on it falls out of his bag. Which and then he had the bullies, an open we know, bag. Fucking yeah, idiot. The bullies are like, you stupid hat. And he looks like, oh no, they're going to kick the shit out of me. And it's they're making fun of a little girl in a hijab. And then he helps pick up her stuff because these white supremacist fourth graders knock all her shit out of her hands. And so later when he is alone at lunch, she sits down with them. I think they'll be fine together. But that intro is like, we fucking get it, man. Yeah. These kids are monsters. And the I'm not intro- sure the kid is I'm not sure the kid is that strong of an actor when Alan Tudyk isn't there. Which right. you could say that about literally every actor. They're yeah. they're only good if Alan Tudyk is around them. But the kid the kid it doesn't have the chops. No. I mean, no, but I am here for kid hijinks of like trying to take down this alien and now there's two of them that could team up. I'm here for that dumb stuff. Especially what I do think they captured uh this is very real. The kid knows it's an alien and they're still just doing goofy stuff like dropping water's lap and running around <laughs> shrieking. Like it's still like it's a fun game. This as this alien has threatened him many times and he's yeah. just like he you cut stinky your alien. <laughs> <laughs> the next show that we talk about is like is clearly going to win the shishies, you know, this summer. But mm. is is on screen duo done? Is yeah. Alan Tudyk and the kid on screen yeah, duo for it's, sure? It's, it's specifically Alan Tudyk in alien suit. <laughs> <laughs> this kid, because seeing him in like a denim jacket with the fur line is hilarious. Like that is a great Halloween costume. I'm gonna figure it out. Oh yeah, and also him in a cowboy hat, and the fact the transition yes. from him of like I never had fear, and look at how I lived when I had no fear. I had a cowboy hat. This is what I'm here for. <laughs> so, so talk about all the lines there, all the plots they're throwing at him. Is we see he he landed far away from where his stuff was and wandered and found a cowboy stole his hat and his horse. And then these mystery like X-Files agents get this guy to talk about it and then they kill him. So we have like some sort of para government thing after him as well. Like this is the kind of like Riverdaleian alien stuff. I want to see more of where they just keep ratcheting up the bananas after Harry, including one of the FBI agents is from the, Scott Ackerman, Kulat Velayasak, troop of comedians. Really? Yeah. Really? She, Mandel Mon is on Comedy Bang Bang all the time, uh, on oh, billion man. dollar, bajillion dollar I properties. I thought I recognized her. Ooh, did you guys does. hear who's, did you guys hear who plays their boss? No. no. Okay. I will not, I will save that for when you see it. Ooh, it's, another it's cool. thing to look forward to. I'm so excited. Um, we do have, I am excited that we are getting more behind the uh, bartender. And yeah. uh, just I I love her character. She, uh, you know, I love a fucked up girl, and she is fucked up and loving it. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's it would be hard not to have moments of the week just be everything Alice Wetterland says. Yeah. It's I could see it being too much for some people, but like Cassie, I love a fucked up girl. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, and she, they're living in a small town. Like she brings her friend out, and all they do is watch them drag the lake and get drunk by a fire. Like <laughs> yeah. this is all real stuff. Like what else would you do? I love this girl. Well, and she she has a friend who throws dynamite at mountains. Is that to? Is there like a reason for that? Uh, Denver boy, something with the mountains. We found out like she she hikes and does something. It does feel. I don't know if there was warnings Harry ignored, but it feels very dangerous to just cause avalanches no- <laughs> where anybody could be hiking. There's normally they make sure the area is clear and then do the avalanches, but you know, they for the drama put them in there. But what an but awesome that- way to like 
sort of reset the show because it's like Harry's like, I found three pieces of my spaceship. I know exactly where it is. I'm about to find it. Oh, fuck. Avalanche. I'm starting from ground zero. Yeah. <laughs> The plots are kind of like, that's bugging me just because there was no resolution to last week of people finding it. Like, that should have been, like, people right. were there, there was a body, like, and there was no mention of that. Like, it was just him searching by himself for the ship. And I was like, people know about it at this point, which was weird. But then they do cowboy hats, and that's what I'm really here for, so I don't really <laughs> care. <laughs> um, But you guys are fine with him having the body in the basement? Like, this is all, this seems true to you? Yeah, I mean, it like... It's not the most pressure-filled show, right? It's not like it's not the type of show that sort of oh, I got to watch the next episode. It's not trying to do that right. thing, but I do agree that it's more like a comedy that has this aspect to it, and I like that it's doing a little bit more than just letting Alan Tudyk say funny things. Yeah. And we are getting uh we do find out that Asta did have a baby. And is do we find out confirmation that baby is Sam or that was just a scene that like triggered her memory? I did not no, even think I about think that. It's, it's definitely that girl. Oh. That's what I was thinking. So we also got that, that going on. And maybe there's part I'm forgetting, but it was like her dad isn't who dropped her off with the baby. It's she so had like good. a stepdad who actually raised her or mm. something like that. Is that what's going on? No, yeah. that dad, the, the dad that we see her with is the stepdad or the, the foster dad. Oh, okay. Her foster dad. So it was her Real bio dad. dad dropped her. Man, See, family's confused. This is a complicated soap opera conversation about resident alien. So <laughs> I'm God, still so I'm so in. Like I'm still like very hardcore in. Oh yeah. Uh we are almost out of time though. So Mike, do you got a moment of the week? Yeah, I got three. They're tied. It's all Alice Wetterland. Uh this show just a huge uh old dirty bastard baby got your money montage of the two ladies just dancing like it went on for so surprisingly long <laughs> oh, that i was like all right show <laughs> whatever and not dancing well <laughs> it wasn't like good dancing it wasn't sexy it was i'm dancing with a friend of the lake but uh they break it they not break it they walk into ha- harry's house because it's nearby and then she says do not go in there after they use the bathroom she's good just kidding i didn't shit in your bathroom <laughs> and then when they get to the high school party she says i see someone i want to say hi to with my butt <laughs> god she is an absolute delight i love her oh uh, right you also of the week? sorry yeah you also missed the if mike's is just going to be weddling corner um her telling her dynamite friend to just stop saying ball is life like please you sit <laughs> you say it so many times every time just please fucking stop saying it and that's the kind of acting that feels a little unscripted that sometimes drives me crazy but she's a pro so mm-hmm. yeah. i'm down um, I'm trying not to make moment of the week for Resident Alien just things Alan Tudyk says. So I only do three of those. One at the very beginning <laughs> when he's staring up at the ceiling and he just screams, this is some bullshit. Yeah. Uh, when he says that he's just going to take, or he just wants to see the tip of the parent's baby's prick. <laughs> the fact that he called it prick was insane. Um, the fact that, uh, although there's many differences between human and alien, um, males are always the same. And so he's just standing there trying to defend his use of the fact that there's towers in the town and it's the kid that is stupid (laughs) and not him that is stupid. Um, But my actual moment of the week is actually goes to a character who I shit on uh, after the first episode. It's the sheriff who (laughs) inexplicably says, I have to get this bucket back to a lady. You know how ladies love their buckets. (laughs) (laughs) And then just walks away. 
Yeah, the 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 sheriff had a good outing with that and that he is confident that he means he or she. <laughs> like he had a lot of weird idiosyncratic moments this episode. Also the way he said, you know, ladies in their buckets. Like absolutely not, but in that moment I was like, Yeah, I do love a yeah. bucket, I guess. I know, Sheriff. <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> you love a good bucket. Uh, my moment of the week is just a thing that Alan Tudyk said. And that's so like after they do the avalanche and he's just like documenting how he feels. And it, the last one is my tape remains unchanged, just in a very <laughs> yeah. scientific way. So, I felt my rear iris pucker, my testicles tighten, my tape remains unchanged. <laughs> <laughs> it's an amazing show. Uh, it, you can watch it Wednesdays on Sci-Fi. Our next show is Snowpiercer. This week on Snowpiercer, Melanie embarks on her most dangerous mission yet while Leighton reckons with his personal choices. Taste buds, I ask you this: What vehicle would you want to be stuck on forever after the apocalypse? Uh, like a Tim Allen vehicle, like the Santa Claus. Oh man, yes. <laughs> um, so the rest of the world is on fire, and you're just in the Santa Claus for eternity. I'm riding on the Santa Claus. <laughs> Can I pick the Pope Mobile? Like I know it doesn't go fast, but I feel like I got good protection in a Pope Mobile. But I do, I do need somebody to drive it for me. So you can choose that if you promise to do the wave. Like, Obviously. just wave at everyone as you cruise into <laughs> apocalypse. All the corpses. Yeah. As everybody is dying, I'm just sitting in there waving yeah. to people. <laughs> now I get why you need that protection, you asshole. Yep. <laughs> as I eat, like, bread and decadent meats in there. <laughs> <laughs> Bring me my decadent meats. <laughs> <laughs> All right, you guys. Snowpiercer is on Mondays on TNT. You, um, obvi- you guys obviously know my answer to the question, right? What? It's jetpack. It's always jetpack. I want to be in a jetpack to the apocalypse. Sorry, keep going, Cassie. <laughs> jetpack is a very solid option. Um, yes, our next and last show is WandaVision. On the sixth episode of WandaVision, uh, it's like a Malcolm in the Middle-esque Halloween special, but filled with more drama, horror, superpowers, and FBI bullshit. We get more of the Peter pe- slash Petro and see that he is not like the MCU version we met before, but more of a quote-unquote man-child archetype playing into the role of being the annoying brother. The twins are having fun hanging out with him while also starting to gain powers and learn how to use them. Vision stands outside the sitcom drama as he tries to contact with, make contact with people from outside the barrier. Taste buds, I ask you, this episode gave us a bunch of Easter eggs, but do we want to just go ahead and jump into all of our theories about what is going on with Petro slash Peter? I guess, yeah, it was a good episode. Uh, uh, lots to crack open, Malcolm in the Middle, blah, blah, blah. But don't we just want to fucking gab and gossip about what we think is going on? Just gab and God. gossip. There's, it's so wild. Like, the fact that, like, in the preview before they showed the MCU one, like, they are really making sure you know, like, yeah, it is completely different, dude. His personality is completely different. It's insane what they're doing with this character. Has anyone checked on Aaron Taylor Johnson and how he feels about this? He's probably not happy about it, bud. (laughs) (laughs) Haven't looked, but if I could guess, probably not loving it because people are loving this show and uh, not him. There's one thing in specific that I want to talk about that I think brings the whole thing down. Unless they're doing, and I do think that this show is definitely capable of uh, finding out what fans are are thinking or predicting what fans will think and then doing things specifically like... You know, like lead them astray. You know, like mm-hmm. oh, we're gonna do things that make your theories seem true, but that's just because we're fucking with you. But it's uh, when Speed, which is uh, Tommy, Tommy runs away and Quicksilver screams at him, uh, "Run free, Hell Spawn." Yeah. Or Demon oh. Spawn. He which... says that to the kid. 
there's a couple Would things you... where for like so him being Mephisto with that one, right? Yeah. And his hair is like old Quicksilver, and I like to that they showed how dumb Quicksilver's <laughs> yeah. hair was in the comics. Well, for some, for some reason, Quicksilver horns. was it a mutant thing? Because Logan has similar hair in the comics. I'm just like, oh, I just I put these two things up for some reason. I think that early Marvel artists they were good. They did a lot of things. Did not know how to draw human hair. <laughs> is is Quicksilver or Wolverine's hair more confusing than uh, Norman Osborn's bumpy curls? Do you remember that? No. Yeah, that's that's very confusing. That is it, that feels like cultural appropriation. Norman Osborn straight up went to a black barber and said, <laughs> "Give me the black hair." For this, the so there is like they did make it the MCU or the X Men uh, Peter in this one, but like his personality is even more like man childish than he was in that movie, right? Like I'm having a trouble remember that movie, but yeah, he's over the he top. He was just kind of a he was a cocky like Euro trash asshole in that movie, well, and in this he he is a Malcolm in the Middle. Yeah, if you look like, at the fully. the two episodes, that's what we're doing. Is that at the end of the last episode, the '80s sitcom, he was like, "Hey, what's up? I'm busting your balls. I'm an '80s character, and now he's the." Like alt edgy, you know. Uh, what was that family's name? Most of them are in jail for rape. What Masterson? <laughs> he's like a he's like a Masterson brother now. Oh man! But there is weird family tree. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Did you guys see his tat of mom? No, no. He it was like capitalized cap capital M and like a lower O and a capital M again, which I guess is another call out to that one comic. The uh... House of M. Yeah, but I don't know. But they specifically put him in like a short sleeve shirt and gave him a mom tattoo. So they're really like throwing some stuff. I'm sure it means something. Everything means something. Everything means something. Oh, I see it. I see it. Hold on. Let me share the screen for all the listeners out there. Um, (laughs) It says mom in the picture. It says mom, but the sleeve is covering the top of the M, so it looks like an H. So it looks like H O M on his arm. Oh. Hom. I love Hom. House of M. Oh, I get it. <laughs> oh my god. I thought you were joking. I thought you were pretending to be stupid. I was joking the whole time. <laughs> also, am I reading too much into the fact that the kids see him as a vampire and like is he cuz there is something up with this guy. Like Wanda clearly doesn't trust him. But do you think he is actually like possibly like vampiresque like sucking powers from her or is that like That'd reading- be cool. Am I well, reading too it's, much? It's- I think it's how kids would read it, and he's asleep till 4 p.m., which is why they think he's a vampire. Uh, and that's I think that part's also showing he's like, vampires are demons. We all know this. And showing, like, he's wild, crazy uncle who chases them around the house. Uh, but at a certain point, he asks Wanda, how are you doing this? Yeah. Like, he, he, he really digs in. And I do, like, he says, I'm not a stranger, and I'm not your husband. You can talk to me, which feels very sitcom, marriage is broken, take on marriage. Yeah. Oh. Uh, my first thought there was that he was a plant, you know, like yeah. that he was sent in there by the FBI. Um, but everything right after that, th- I think they go full Mephisto right after that. And I don't know if, you know, we're, we're supposed to be tricked right now, if that's what we're supposed to put our chips, but we're going to look stupid. But I think they are going full in on this. And this is, I think it's going to open up the... All the multiverses Mephisto's going to, you know, I think that like starting Mephisto's first character is somebody from a different universe, I think is, or mm-hmm. dimension or whatever you want to call it is very important. Um, I think that the, the meta-ness, like the, how meta everything is, is going to open up the door for another 
character that is not in the MCU, but will be shortly. Um, I, th- I think that this, when we look back five years from now, WandaVision is going to be this like starting point for a lot of things. Yeah, just like the, the kickoff to whatever comes after. Post-Thanos, like, yeah. All, all, all of Thanos was the Infinity, the Infinity Saga uh-huh. was 12 years of movies, so this is that. Everything ties back to WandaVision. That's dope, man. Yeah. yeah. And uh, like, I'm tired of all the dimensions. And I like, it sucks that Spider Man Into the Spider Verse was such a hit that it feels like maybe everybody's copying it. But if it's all this good, if it's all as like carefully crafted as it feels WandaVision is, then w- yeah. w- who am I to say anything? <laughs> and talking about that, I like that you're saying, Cassie, maybe is he trying to steal powers? Uh, I'm obsessed with this commercial specifically because one, it did feel very 90s oh, with sharp glasses, yes. but the kid couldn't open up his yogurt gogurt, his yo magic, uh, and so he just withered and died as he struggles to open it. And then end the commercial, and then back to the show. That is it. Yeah. Which, like, is an insane switch up from all the commercials. So do you think it's like, was that just a way to get, like, red school, like, back to Hydra? Or is that just, like, I'm so confused by this gogurt commercial. I don't know if it's Red Skull because the, the 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 shark says snacked on yo magic, bro. Mm-hmm. So I think that's what made me think you're right is that somebody's trying to steal her magic. Her magic, yeah. There's oh god, this show is so good. And then of course we do have everything going on with Vision with him. Like he gets to the outer sides of the barrier, and as you get closer to the barrier, like people are just stuck and like not moving. And then he keeps making a pass and actually tries to go outside from the barrier, which is freaking wild. Yeah, uh, he tries, he breaks out and then slowly starts to disintegrate. Uh, and this is where we see Billy Wiccan's uh, powers start to kick in because he feels it and tells, like, Wanda can't even feel it. And then, so to save Vision, she expands the entire perimeter of the town and all sword and everybody on that side starts getting swallowed up uh, and they leave Darcy fucking handcuffed to a Jeep and just leave her ass <laughs> to get swallowed by Westview. Which, I mean, we had... Uh... Monica and Jimmy driving into the uh-huh. bubble, right? They were already in when it started expanding. Did they? I thought so. I thought they were going to meet the mystery astrophysicist person. Ooh. To to get the vehicle that would allow them to go in with I see, okay. Impacted. And oh, okay. we 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 should talk about that at some point too, about this mystery astrophysicist, because I've heard that it's there's a number of people it could be, and it's not the one person that everybody might think. But Darcy specifically said, I'm not going in. I'm not I'm staying here and I'm not going into the bubble. Um and then of course she's the one that goes in. I couldn't believe how frightening it was, how scary to watch the bubble expand and to make it even scarier, even though everything was was becoming a circus. Like watching all these people yeah. being yeah. forced to become clowns and mimes, that was horrifying. Yeah, that is that is hell, to be forced to become a circus person. Yeah. <laughs> We've also got the aspect of like they mentioned that like when you go into the barrier it changes your molecules. So is everybody from this town going to have like a power after this or what are they doing I- with that? I don't think it's... Well, Monica is, right? Monica yeah. is, but it's, yeah, so it's, I don't think it's... If you were in the town when she rose the barrier, I think You're you just good. got changed. I think it's because Monica went back and forth yeah. through the barrier. Okay. So I, maybe everybody who the barrier burst through will we'll get have. a little something-something. Or some-some. what if that's how they mutate? What if tiny yeah. Cyclops and tiny Jean Grey are in there right now? Oh, Could be. man. Woo. It's uh, amazing. We are almost out of time, though, so let's go to moments of the week. Uh, Mike, what do you got? Uh, the the horrifying, like, this show can be very funny, but the horrifying of people, Vision sees people crying. This is mine, stuck. too. Yeah, this, it, uh, it has to be. 
uh, both the, the woman trying to hang the ghost thing and the single tear and then Agnes and then leading into Agnes's cackling and saying all is lost. Uh, all of that is like so much of the show is like, oh, wow. Oh, wow. And then you hit get hit with that. And you're like, oh, God. Yeah. There are a lot of actors that could do this part that Catherine Hahn's doing, but only Catherine Hahn could do it as well as to be like, oh, God, you're an adventure of uh, your vision. And then have her snap back and then like, well, all righty then, neighbor. Have a great yeah. night. Like that's. That's so Hanrific. She went to have a good Halloweeny. Like, what a perfect line to follow yeah. it up. It's so good. Um, that is obviously the best moment of the week. But mine's a short one. Is the kids playing on the DDR mats? Because I'm just so glad they were able to find those. I miss those so much. Oh yeah, um, and we didn't we didn't get a chance to talk about Malcolm that much. But all the flashbacks, like what did happen the other day? And then you have the sound yeah. effect, and then you go mm-hmm. back and you find out that somebody destroyed yet another part of this crazy big for how poor the family is supposed to be house. Uh, yeah, and like how the lawn the is destroyed. Narrating. Yeah, the kid narrating by looking at the camera. The opening credits, which is uh, oh man, the credits. What, what a fun like ska type song. <laughs> yes. uh, vision, vision, walking down the street at Halloween, like walking towards the end of the barrier, and the the song is like doo 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 like so Malcolm <laughs> in the middle. And then the other thing too, and this fit perfectly with Speed getting his powers, is for some reason people just used to run with the camera back then. Like, yeah. in sitcoms, mm-hmm. it would just go into super speed real quick, and that all fit together very nicely. Yeah. Uh, it's amazing. You should be watching it. It is Fridays on Disney+. Plus. That is it for our poll list. Coming up next, it's time for X-Taz. <laughs> Welcome to X-Tasmania, bitch. A mini show within a show where we take an in-depth episode-by-episode look at Fox's Seminole, an underrated early morning soap opera from the mid-90s X-Men the Animated Series. It is part three of our season one wrap up. I think, guys, I think we're finally going to say goodbye to season one. I think we've done it. No. Nope. We stretched it to three whole segments, but I think it's the time we finally say goodbye to season one. So, like, as we bury season one, is there any last words you want to say before we get to what the awards we're giving away today? I'm just, I'm so excited to watch more episodes. I, you know, like, uh, everything we do here is work. It's hard work, it's strenuous, um, it takes a lot of thought. And so watching episodes of X-Men was, that's us clocking in and clocking out. Like, that's us doing the hard work. We're on the front line. Um, Pan or dues. But now that it's been three weeks without watching an episode of X-Men, I'm like, come on. Let's go. Let's get to the second (laughs) season. How much X-Men evolution have you watched as a methadone? (laughs) Uh, It's actually zero, Mike. Guys, you got to get on the evolution train. Well, I don't want to ruin it because maybe we're doing that later, so... That's true. We have that and then Wolverine and the X-Men, the third X-Men cartoon series that's been on. God, there's this is an unstoppable wealth of a fountain of wealth here that we have. But uh, as I said, we are going to finally say goodbye to it. And we're going to do that with the season wide awards. So we are going to do just overall from the seasons. We're going to give away some awards to characters, uh, scenes and everything uh, from season one in total. So uh, it, this will be judged, as it always is. I'll be giving points away. The first one we're going to start with is Best Side Mission. Ryan, what do you got for this? Well, as we talked about throughout Season 1, uh, one of the revolutionary things, or evolutionary things, we might say, about the X-Men cartoon is that it's, it's super serialized, which means side missions become plot lines, like A-plots, right. in future episodes, which is so crazy. I, genius, st- I still think that you could choose Gambit and Rogue and Jubes go to a vacation you know yeah or is it storm um 
I still think that counts as a side mission until it's not. But uh, I think the I think the most obvious one, the one that was crazy that a whole character just got to go on vacation was Wolverine's time in Antarctica or whatever ice place he was in. Uh, he went to Ice World. It's it was crazy to have you're like oh we're really gonna dig in and get to know Wolverine and barely. I don't know more about him at the end of that episode than at the beginning. It's what a waste. Uh, and whatever you oh. did learn or whatever he learned, he backtracked on immediately. Like as soon as yeah. he got back to the mansion, he was like, fuck everyone. I think that was before his mansplain had to rebuild the mansion to everybody. So he did yeah. not learn how to be a better person. It was like the only thing this showed us was that he is capable of being happy and it's out in the middle of the frozen tundra fishing and that's the only time he'll experience happiness. I think that was the yeah. only purpose of this side mission. I believe he laid on that tarp and got flung in the air, right? Yes, that was his true happiness, (laughs) is having elementary school PE. (laughs) Which, it is the best time, so that's fair. I Uh, get how fun it is to, like, fly up in the air on that thing, but what they did not do, do you guys remember this from elementary school, is you flip it up and then you duck under. You all run under and you're just Mm -hmm. in this cave together. You're in this, like, fleeting cave or tent for, like, three seconds, and it's it's a delight. Like it's a, it's a <laughs> fucking it, the adrenaline rush of being in a tent that quickly goes away is amazing. It's and so then your funny. gym teacher is like, "This is a metaphor for life. Have fun, <laughs> and it fleetingly goes away quickly." While they're masturbating in the middle of the tent. <laughs> the same Wolverine experience, Ryan. That's actually what I have as well because it, it it's just a side mission that sticks out to me. But Mike, what do you have? I have a different one. It's a side mission that I, I relate to heavily. Everybody else is doing important work, and you are napping your heart out under a tree. Jubilee's nap time is my best side mission of the season. Uh, Jubilationly. This is would be her mission to just catch up on sleep, or the whole mission in general is the like is the mission her sleeping? Like, did she succeed yeah. in her mission? I okay. think she succeeded. <laughs> right. It's um, just crazy that like. We got to see her dream for a bit, and the dream was her running through the danger room, and the danger room became a football field that was also World War One. I, I yeah. didn't, I didn't get a single second of that. They lost the plot a bit there, um, Mike. You know, you know, I love that scene where she was sleeping. I'm just not sure if it's really a side mission, but you know, I love it. I am going to give that point to Ryan though, because we did have the same things, and you know how I do. So our <laughs> next award is going to be best costume, Mike. What do you got for this? I maybe it's just when I grew up, but I think Archangel is undeniable. That blue and hot pink and like lavender, and then the, as, the skull cap as a marking bright- of fear, like as he's supposed to be the scariest person yeah. ever with <laughs> blue and hot pink, and then his like metal ass wings, and then his bright blonde eyebrows, and sometimes he'll take his skull cap off and still have shock white hair. Like everything about it is so fucking cool. It taught me Archangel taught me that sometimes in order to be metal, just use metal. Like, that's the yeah. most metal thing you can do. <laughs> Nothing's more metal than metal. <laughs> it's right there, everyone. Uh, Mike, what do you got for this? Or er, Ryan, sorry. I'm Ryan, hello. Hello. This one was hard for me, Mike. I don't know if you had the same thing, but for us, it's different because we're so used to these... Co- In fact, you just explained, like... You have to have read comics in the early 90s in order to think Archangel looks cool. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah. is it is it best look now? Like, obviously, looks the best. Or is it the thing that, like brings back the most out of my childhood heart. I went with a crazy one here. I said Bishop. I thought that it was weird that Bishop wore the X-Men blue and yellow. Yeah. Even though he was in the future. And but the way that he wears the blue and yellow is it's like a blue, like sort of practical 
outfit like that he would actually need. But then with a yellow bandana, almost like he's <laughs> from the old west and the future west all at the same time. I think it's I think it's a weird looking costume, but it's dope, man. It's it's like he's part of the team without being part of the team. Tell me Bishop is part of the team without telling me Bishop is part of the team. <laughs> and also that he's an outlaw. They tied in the bandana with his cowboy stinger music every time he came on screen. Yeah. So they <laughs> Mike, did Bishop just walk into your apartment? <laughs> yeah, Bishop just dropped off some groceries. Do you have to go? Uh, also, that bandana, uh, you can throw that on your face when you walk into the grocery store. Obviously, Bishop is pro-mask, and he's doing what we all need to do in order to quell the pandemic. <laughs> Thank you, Bishop. Uh, I have for best costume. I thought we were all going to be in agreement on this. I have. It's obviously Pyro because this ice skating son of a bitch. Like he never takes it off. It's it's. You can go to the bar in that. You can go do crime in that. Like his uh, costume is ready for any situation, and I love it so much. You sound but like you're writing the catalog, like the X Men costume catalog. <laughs> <laughs> I have a real passion for Pyro's costume, but I guess I'm alone <laughs> on this. So I am. I'm gonna give that to uh, Mike with uh, Archangel because that color palette is just so good. To add metal to it, they really they they peaked with that one. Uh, next award is gonna be best villain. Ryan, what do you got? I am. I cannot believe that I wrote this down when I wrote this down. But I'm going with Master Mold. He is. He's so. <laughs> He's so powerful. He needs to be unplugged. He shoots uh, baby sentinels out of his robotic vagina. Um, he wants to replace everybody's brain with, I don't know, a computer. Um, <laughs> he, he, and ultimately, he is the threat. You know, like uh, all of our bigger X-Men villains that we typically think of as big, like Magneto, uh, Blob. There's so many of them that like are sort of either on the sides, just like in the background of scenes, or friends like end up working yeah. with the X-Men and Master Mold is sort of the thing that like this season begins and ends with. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. He is very strong. And just as a good host, I do have to ask here. I asked for best villain on this one and not worst. You, you did. did. You said best. Best. Okay, then perfect. Then yes, Ryan, that is a great response. <laughs> <laughs> Mike, what do you got for best villain? Uh mine's more on the nose, but I think it's what's more villainous than like Almost the same worldview, but broken just enough. I think it's Magneto because they could all become him, and like to the point where I think a good villain is like, I see his point, but then he takes it too far and is just like, we'll kill them all, I guess. And you're like, well, no, I was just saying you're right in saying racism's bad. That doesn't mean kill everybody else. <laughs> like, uh, but like I think a villain who's good enough that just him talking can start to win over some of the X Men, which I don't think has happened yet in this season, but like I think that's very powerful. Yeah, he's got some charisma to him, even though he's fucked up. Also, he controls metal. Gotta love that. Nothing uh, more metal, metal than controlling apparently. metal. <laughs> <laughs> For best villain, I have Apocalypse, because he had the four horsemen. This was the best intro. I got so hyped for Apocalypse. I just love this dude. I don't know. He wasn't you that powerful. You love big, beefy bad guys. That's your whole <laughs> deal. Four horses. He called up backup. He made his own team. I respect the shit out of Apocalypse, but apparently, I guess... He's a shittier one, apparently, because you guys didn't bring him. Uh, so I'm Mike, have you ever been rummaging through Cassie's desk in the Pop Filter Studios? And it, there's a list that's like on a legal pad that says Mike, Ryan, th number three, question mark, number four, question mark. Like, <laughs> we're only half of the, the yeah. team of horsemen that she is planning. 
waiting to be assembled. Uh, I am going to give that one to Ryan, though, because I feel like Master Mold's an underappreciated one, but he is he's very crucial and just dramatic, so you got to love that. Much now, like Jesus is to Christmas, Master Mold is the reason for the season. <laughs> exactly. And switching it up now, now I am going to go to worst villain. So, Mike, what do you got for worst? Uh, mine was just brought up. It's Apocalypse. Somebody oh, with sorry, so much, what? so what? much bluster and accomplishes so little. And again, we're just we're narrowing down on just the first season. He sucks and does nothing, man. Wrong, wrong opinion. Simply won't get an award. Ryan, what do you have? I put Kiowak, the douchebag, uh, like uh, Eskimo guy who wears the hat <laughs> and just yes. bitches all the time, and then leads Sabretooth to the village to kidnap all of his other villagers. Um, this guy eventually starts working with Wolverine, but in the first 20 minutes of the episode, what a piece of shit, idiot, fat <laughs> douchebag asshole. Yeah, he is the worst. Uh, for worst villain, I have Blob, a.k.a. the Mike. So um, I think that what? one's clearly going <laughs> That's so hurtful to have a Ryan joke come out of anybody else's mouth. Well, I mean, remember the drop, Mike? You had the drop. It's the drop. It's canon at this point. Yeah. It's, I'm just I'm just tapping into our canon here, and I think that's obviously I'm gonna give that point to me. Uh, never disrespect Apocalypse, Mike. This is the lesson <laughs> learned here. Mike, should, is she one of the horsemen? Should we redo best villain and have it be Cassie? Yes. <laughs> All right, we are gonna actually go to best battle though. Uh, Mike, what do you got for this? In the Master Mold episode, like the, the big Master Mold episode, it's I'm going to just say X-Men versus Sentinels, where they're all in different teams, slashing them, and then like, at the end, the doors open and Wolverine and Gambit are on just a pile of Sentinels and Wolverine has no shirt on. The whole, the whole lead up to that, where all the different teams are taking them down, it's the first time you see them all working together. Like It took them 12 weeks to learn how to work together as a team, and it, it comes to fruition in this app. Mike, were you surprised that Wolverine's nipples also had retractable claws? Yeah. <laughs> And you know what? Into it. It's the attention to detail that they put into this show that really sets it apart. Uh, Ryan, what do you got for this? I thought long and hard about the DC battle, which was against the Four Horsemen. Um, but yeah, Mike's right. Like they're all over the place in that episode. Like uh, literally all over the place, as, as in like all over the map, but also all over the place as in working together. And in that final episode of the season. It's probably a little recency bias, but in that final episode of the season, we get to watch these eight characters finally be a team and knock out literally thousands of Sentinels. And they, mm-hmm. uh, my favorite thing is to watch a montage of mindless bad guys getting destroyed in very specific ways to the character that destroys them. You know, mm-hmm. and even Jubilee got to knock out a couple in very Jubilee ways. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, she I, slept and then they fell asleep next to her, yeah. and then she woke up and slit their throat. Well, a nap does sound nice. I'll lay down next to this girl. Uh, it's it's uh, the X-Men versus Thousands of Sentinels for me as well. Yeah. Oh, you just gave me a drop to throw in your face in the future, my friend. <laughs> Luckily, is... your laziness will prohibit you. <laughs> <laughs> this is going to be our first sweep where we're all in agreement because it's obviously got to be that one. There's just so much hype. Anytime you get a huge army against it, like it's got to be that battle. It was it was so exciting to watch. Um, Mike, I, also lo- lo- I also love how... Uh, it's the first time in the entire first season where they're like, uh, all right, insurmountable odds, let's fucking do this. As opposed to every other battle where they're like, shit, shit, God, what are we going to do? Oh, There's no. one guy with a helmet. What can I do? 
It's 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 the only battle that the use of the intro theme like really oh, works because yeah. they're yeah. not fucking up. It's just like pumped up for sure. Well, because yeah. other times it's like Storm in the break room saying, "Oh, I'm gonna make a coffee," <laughs> which is how we use the theme song in our daily lives. <laughs> yeah. So like you can't you can't have that on screen. Oh, uh, Mike, you did go first though, so I'll give that point to you. I our, love your system. Yep, it's a good system. Um, uh, our next award is LVP. Ryan, what do you got? So many candidates, so many different characters. <laughs> so many losers. So many. <laughs> so many different characters won this award throughout the season, but I gotta give it to the napper, the crapper, the firework maker, the water balloon thrower, the yellow trench coat wearing, the April O'Neil knockoff, the pink visor having, Jubilation Lee. Yeah, it's she did take down she got like two sentinels and like one other win throughout the battle. The rest of the time she was on babysitting duty or just stuck in the uh back of the mansion. Like it was it was a rough go for her. I'm I will so, say I'm, though, better better babysitter than Wolverine. Like Oh yeah. I, come on. That's still I feel like that's still up for debate. But Mike, what do you got for L V P? What I try to take into consideration was like expectations versus reality of what they gave us and jubilee is the x-men's robin you don't expect that much from her she's very much learning uh every single one of them except for storm was in consideration for this for me uh but i think who has to take it is because everybody has decided he is the leader and he if you look at zoom out he is the worst and i hate this because in the comics i love him and try to defend him but watching the show i get why the world hates cyclops this guy is a dink and is garbage and is uh, not that confident, except for when he definitely shouldn't be. He's overly confident and is an asshole about it. You know, dink stands for double income, no kids, which he and Jean Grey currently are at that point. Or at dink, this point. dink, dink, dink. <laughs> Wait, how much money He's do they make, do you think? What is the yearly, huh? what is the yearly salary for an X-Man? I think they're on some sort of, like, Professor X just gives them all an allowance. Oh, cool. Allowance or just free board at the place. Board and food is all they work for. Well, no, they go to the mall, so they have to be getting some sort of money from Big Daddy Xavier. But Professor X, I want to go to the mall. (laughs) Daddy. Is what they say. Uh, And he definitely, his family owned Emerald Mines in Apartheid South Africa or something. That's where his money came from. Mike, that is a very strong contender for LVP because it was surprising how shitty he was, but then it felt true to the character. Um for me, it was the biggest battle between Wolverine and Gambit because they were the biggest letdowns for me. Wolverine was the biggest letdown where I realized like everybody loved Wolverine, but then watching it, it was just me trying to figure out why a person would love yeah. Wolverine. I'm so glad I don't have a Wolverine tattoo, which for most of my life I wanted. <laughs> it would have been so heartbreaking. But for me, like it's just it's got to be Gambit because he came a bit across a little bit more rapey, and uh, the fact that oh. I gave him too many awards throughout this, like I I got to make up for that. So I'm gonna say my LVP is uh, Gambit because he just- yeah Gambit's definitely said, but we were both drinking at some point in his life <laughs> yeah. for an excuse. Yeah. And just like the fact that like even when they were like they kept trying to defend him and they were like, well we know more about we don't know that much about Gambit or like Jubilee was like it's good to see you on like. I know I could trust you. And he was like, how do you know that? Like, you don't need yeah. to do this shit. <laughs> yeah. I can't believe, a- like, Mike, it's it's very clear to you, right, that Cassie's Catholic priest in confession said, all right, Cassie, you don't have to do any Hail Marys, no rose beads or whatever. It's just in order to make up for how much you've talked well about Gambit, you must give him the LVP on the X-Men <laughs> Awards at the end of the first season. She's like, okay, that's that's what I have to do to redeem myself. 
She's just nodding. <laughs> what happened? Uh, yeah. <laughs> I, uh, I got broke kicked her, out from right? that one. <laughs> I got kicked out from that communication because it was a private conversation between me and my priest. I didn't know you had tapped into that, so. Um, uh, Cassie, I have news for you. I am the, uh, but I'm Pagliacci. <laughs> that's the, that's the real. <laughs> Never mind. Let's get through this. All right, uh, I'm gonna give that award to. I have forgotten what everybody did, so I'm gonna give that to me. It's Gambit. Oh yeah, it's not Jubilee because we did no Jubilee. I'm with uh, Mike's uh, reasoning on that. And Cyclops, like you, you see, White Man, you're gonna expect it. But now to our biggest award of the season is going to be MVP. Mike, let's start with you, MVP. There's one. I mean, come clear on, right? Answer. It's, it's the storm award. Yeah. I think. I think in season two, maybe we just call it who was this week's storm. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. to make it interesting, because otherwise she's just always gonna win. Not only are her powers the strongest, and she knows how to use them, she's just not an asshole. Guys, we do awards constantly on all of our shows for whatever reason, and I'm not sure of a more slammy D in the history of pop filter awards than Storm as MVP for X Men the Animated Series season one. Yeah. It's it's clearly her. She got the award the whole season. It would be insane to not give it to her now. Um, so we all have MVP, and I'm just going to give us each a point for that one. I'm going to switch up my own rule here. So are you guys ready for these it's point wild. totals? <laughs> yeah, let's do it. There's no laws here. Um, you guys, big news. Wrapping up season one, we're all in this together. We all got three points. We're all the winners here. Family. We also I don't all know, tied for last It place. seems bananas that we all only got three <laughs> points when there's seven awards. I don't know how anything works, man. Is there? Weird. We're all, we're all here together. I'm happy for all of us. Um, we have done it, though. That is our wrap-up for season one. We are officially going to move into season two. And that is it for this episode. So, Mike, can you tell me about some websites? Hell yeah, I can. Go to yourpopfilter.com to get everything we put out it's on yourpopfilter.com throw a little slash amazon out there and that's how you shop book market bezos is gone but still fuck amazon but shop through them because you are anyway but do it in a way that helps us uh if you want more content go to patreon.com slash yourpopfilter pick a tier and we'll give you some little extra stuff every week there's a whole bunch of stuff right now. It's a good time to be a patron, I've been told. And uh, go to cybersprout.net if you want to make your crappy website better. They have drag-and-drop tools. They have custom templates. Do you want to do it yourself? They'll help you. Do you want to pay them to do it? They'll definitely help you. Cybersprout.net, your partner for the digital world. They're helping out with AskCassie.com, right? Yeah, they yeah. are. Obviously, I would go to nobody else for that one. Uh, and AskCasket.com. <laughs> it's going gonna, it's gonna to be huge. Ryan, can you tell us about the other shows? Sure. You're listening to the Superhero Show Show right now. Make sure that you subscribe, rate, and review this. That helps other people find it as well. While you're doing that, please also search for Movie of the Year, where me, Mike, and our good friend Greg try to figure out what is the single greatest movie of any given year. And then while you're also doing that, so yeah, three chores in this one ad read. Uh, search for Unnatural 20s, where Cassie... That's just chores. <laughs> Cassie, non-Ryan, and non-Mike go roll the dice and see how their 20s are going to be with dice. Yes, I've never listened. You That's you guys are it. all leaving your 20s soon, is that correct? Mm, never. I think, like, you know, age is okay. just a number. It's really about, yeah. like, your mental Wait, state. On that show, Canon, did you all start at 21? 
And so you have nine more years? Yeah. Or I guess, what, five more years? Yeah, we were little infant babies. We all turned 20 as we published. So we've got got 10 full years for that. Don't even worry. Oh, Mike, let's do a spinoff show called Unnatural Tens. We'll start off as 10-year-olds doing our perfect 10-year-old kid voices and roll the dice and talk about our lives. My interests are exactly the same. It's going to be the exact same thing as the superhero show show. I was a little more into dinosaurs then than I am now. (laughs) But other than that. The TV show, not the mama? Yeah. Not not the the mama. mama. Uh, Mike, I've been trying to figure out what social media is. Can you tell me about that? You fucking idiot. All right. I'm trying, dude. Do you want the history? So first there was yes. live journal. People went too many words. They're like, how about Zanga? Uh-huh. And they're like, okay, but that's hard to get to. Here's MySpace. We too have another show to record in two minutes. Oh, uh, at your pop filter on Instagram, on Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> Go there. You'll love it. Check it out. It's nice. Tweet at us. If you want to email us, we also got that. It's contact at your pop filter. Uh, you can email us anything any of your opinions. If you're watching Snowpiercer, go ahead and tell us what's going on on that. Send us those emails. We'll let you on the uh, show. We'll you, could, yeah. you could do a solid four just on your own. You just come on. You could be a part of this. Uh, next week, you guys, we got a big episode because Resident Alien is going to take center stage. That means we get to talk about Alan Tudyk as much as we want. And we are officially going to be in season two of X-Men. So be sure to tune yes. in for that. For Mike, I'm Ryan. For Ryan, I'm Mike. For me, I am me. Bye, everyone. Bye.